Hi, this is Michael Tipper and welcome to today's episode of the Profit Productivity Podcast. Now, in episode 18, I introduce you to something I called the Pyramid of Personal Productivity. And there are four levels, uh, existence, efficiency, effectiveness and elite. And what I want to do in this episode is expand a little bit on what it takes to operate at the efficient level. Now, efficient from that particular episode, I discovered a definition, a dictionary definition that says it's productive with minimum waste of effort. And today, what I want to do is share with you an example of how I operate at the efficient level. And this is about how I put together these podcast episodes. And what I'm going to do is show, share with you the approach I take to that in principle form so that you can see how you might be able to take the same principles and add a level of efficiency uh, to your operating uh, your way of operating. So let me give you some background. I am by training a systems engineer. I have a degree in engineering and I was a chartered engineer and I was in the Royal Navy as a submarine officer and my role on board uh, my submarine was I helped run, oh, there were two of us, uh, my boss was the weapons engineer officer, I was his deputy, and between us we ran the team that operated and maintained the uh, combat weapon system. And that consisted of the, the, effectively the battle computer, the sonars, the communications, the weapon system itself, the weapons, the discharge system, periscopes, uh, communications, all those came under our remit. And we ran a team of 16 uh, maintainers, uh, so technicians and mechanics. And that's how, uh, that, that's how I earned my keep when I was on board a submarine. And fundamental to the way we operated were our operating procedures. And there were two types. There were what we called our SOP, Standard Operating Procedures, and there were what are called our EOPs, Emergency Operating Procedures. And these were documented procedures that we carried out. Now, the emergency ones, uh, we had what was called initial actions that we all knew off by heart, depending on which part of the submarine you operated in when you were at your various different roles. And those were things that we knew off by heart that if there was a fire or if there was a flood or if there was a hydraulic leak or if there was an air burst or whatever it might be, automatically we would know what to do to at least contain the situation. Then we'd pull out our EOPs and go through a documented checklist and process to deal with them. And so the documentation was really quite key. Uh, and the same with the standard operating procedures, they were, they were all documented, so we just had to open up the book and follow the procedures. Now, we were all trained in what they needed to do, so we understood the implications of them, and they were merely a reminder. In the weapon storage compartment, which was the uh, compartment that I was responsible for, um, which was where we stowed the anti-ship missiles and the torpedoes that we used, um, that was my part of ship, if it were. And I had a team consisting of uh, my charge chief, uh, someone called a TI, uh, historically known as a torpedo instructor, it was a term that just carried forward, and a team, a four-ends crew of about, I think it was six from memory. And they 
the, the operating procedures of moving around these huge torpedoes and missiles was quite complex, quite sophisticated, required pulleys and levers and hydraulics and uh, all sorts of things going on. And it was quite a challenging operation. And my role as a young lieutenant was to stand in the corner while these experts did their job. Ultimately, if it went wrong, I, was, I um, carried the can because that's what officers do. Uh, but these guys did their role. And eventually, once I'd been on board a while, I was able to uh, contribute positively. But essentially, I stood in the corner and made sure that the uh, steps in the tactical weapons procedures were followed. And I would tick them off uh, one by one and make sure that they were all done. And between us, we were able to safely move the weapons around the compartment. So the importance of process and procedures is something that's been ingrained in me as a submariner and that's carried through in the rest of my life. So later on, uh, when I worked in the nuclear industry, um, it was also an environment where procedures and processes, the documentation of them, the accuracy was completely, completely important. Um, the consequences of the not, of course, being uh, quite catastrophic. And so it's been a part of my career pattern that I have relied on and used to processes, documented processes throughout. Now, there are a number of advantages of having documented processes. First of all, you don't have to remember what to do. You don't have to rely on your memory, which can fail. Um, uh, the second thing is that it carries, the procedures will be able to tell you step by step exactly what to do. By having a procedure that you can repeat that's accurate and documented and, and uh, well designed is that you can gain repeatable results. Also, uh, the, the consistency of those results is important as well. Now, when it comes to safety, the uh, checklist, uh, certainly on a submarine and in a, a, a nuclear power station, uh, safety is of paramount importance and the checklist will point out when the safety issues are there. And fundamentally, all that's wrapped together it means that you can be productive with a minimum waste of effort. Now, how do I use processes in, uh, in this particular, uh, in my business at the moment? Well, what, I use them all the time. Whenever I am creating something I know I have to do again, I always capture the process uh, in a way such that anyone else could do it. So I can hire virtual assistants to do much of the work that I do. And that is always the aim I have when I put them together. Now, at the moment, I am delivering a podcast episode and this is the 45th one I have delivered for the Profit Productivity Podcast. And so in order to put one together, I need to plan the episode. I need to record it. I need to check the recording. Then I need to publish it on the podcast platform. I then take the recording, have it transcribed, and then I use that transcription to create a blog post, which then itself is published. Now, in order to do that, there are 31 stages in the various activities that, that happen. Now, the first time I did it, it, was, it took me hours to work out how to use the, uh, the recording system, how to put it up onto the podcast platform, how to download it so I could transcribe it, where to get it transcribed, the process of getting it transcribed, how would I pay for it, and then creating the blog post and putting it up online and getting the images I needed. It took me forever to do that, but the first time I did it, I documented how I went through. Uh, the second time, it was much quicker because I'd already spent the time documenting it. And what's happened over the stages is that as I've 
gone through, I found better ways of doing things. I found different sources of images. I found quicker things that I need to do. I found extra things I need to do. So now I'm actually on version six of the process. Now it does take a detail focus and a process focus to be able to put one of these together. But it means now it can take me less than an hour to put together and publish a podcast episode. And I don't even have to think about it because I just open up my iPad, go to the app that's got the process in, open it up and simply follow each stage. I could possibly do it from memory now, having done it nearly 50 times, but I don't need to be able to do that because if there's a chance I could make a mistake. By having the checklist, having the process, all I've got to do is just tick as I go through and I can track my progress all the way through. And it means that the it's effortless, I don't have to think about it, the results are repeatable, and I could get someone else to take this recording and publish it from that process. And ultimately that's what I will be doing once I build the team to do that. So the challenge I have for you is to think about what things do you do on a frequent basis that you have to repeat? And how much more effective could you be with those if you were to document the process such that all you had to do is pull out the document and just go step by step by step by step? If you're doing something on a daily basis, something like that might not be necessary after a while because you can just do it because you can remember it. However, if there's something you might do on a weekly basis or a monthly basis or do sporadically, though frequently, I would suggest you will get a lot out of documenting it such that you can just pull out the document and track it. When I was running a leadership academy in the nuclear industry, we had a bunch of processes for everything that we did. We were managing huge amounts of resources in terms of our trainer team, uh, hotels, uh, book, there was booking of hotels, there was getting resources to the various hotels, there was booking the delegates on, there was getting all the tutors in place. And it was a very, very busy place to be. And one of the beauties of the way we set it up, because we knew exactly what needs to be done when, and everything was documented what needs to be done, is that any one of the team could be away. And yet when they came back, if they'd been away on holiday or if they were being off sick, their work would have been done for them by the other team members because it was documented and everyone could, uh, was cross-trained in everything that could be done. And it was a, a thing of beauty to see. And the, the powerful thing about it was the reliability of the process because we knew what needed to be done, everything got done, and there were very, very few mistakes. And so it's a really powerful way, and I can't stress enough just how important it is for good, effective uh, results. I One last story before I end. When I ended my time running the Leadership Academy uh, in this one organisation, I then supported uh, another organisation in helping them work with their Leadership Academy. And I wasn't as directly hands-on involved in the management of it, but I took with me the systems and processes and shared those with the team who were running it. They didn't appreciate the value of it as much 
and what happened was they basically flew by the seat of their pants and the number of times we had mistakes and errors and people not being booked and things not turning up and duplications or things missing uh, it almost happened every time we ran a training session and because we had been uh, part of the efficient machine as before we could see the difference and it was simply because they weren't following processes and procedures in order to create repeatable results so i can't strong i can't emphasize highly enough about how important this is i'm passionate about them and it's something that has helped me and when i have had teams in the past and used processes and systems things have gone so much more effectively so that's today's episode and until tomorrow.